Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we're talking with Curtis Stokes of Curtis Stokes & Associates. Curtis is an admiral sponsor of AGLCA, and with the drastic changes we've seen in the economy over the past few weeks and to life in general because of COVID-19, we're focusing today on how you can continue down that road of purchasing a Great Loop boat and continuing your planning even in these uncertain times. Before I bring in Curtis, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes and Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And one of those Admiral sponsors, of course, is Curtis Stokes and Associates. Curtis, thanks for joining me today. You bet. Thank you. Yeah, well, you and I were just kind of chatting about the, the status of everything and the uncertainty and thought, you know, people probably have a lot of questions about whether and how to continue down the road of, of chasing that Great Loop dream right now. So, uh, you have a lot of insight because you are still out there working with clients. So tell us, first of all, what's kind of the status of the market in general for previously owned boats right now since the COVID-19 restrictions became so widespread? Well, I'll, I'll tell you now and then give me 15 minutes and, and it'll change. <laughs> exactly. Like um, everything else right now, right? <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's very fluid. Uh, of course, we're seeing you know slower activity. Uh, I, I've spoken... Uh, marathon, as you remember, to uh, the Hospitars event, and I mentioned that in the last two years, sales have been down 18% in the industry, um, and and those are typically focused. Uh, that those numbers are focused on the older boats, where newer boats, old newer than 2010, have actually are uh, been up. Uh, because they're easier to finance and rates have been low. And the other two areas that are up have been power cats and sail cats. Uh, but everything else has shown a decline. And of course, we're going to see an even further decline and across the board. Um, most of us are pleasantly surprised at how much activity there still is, despite the dire uh, forecasts and and uh, doom and gloom that you know when we turn our TV on, and it's certainly serious. I don't mean to downplay it at all, but um, I'm amazed how many people who are serious about buying boats have asked for extensions on contracts, uh, have just said, "Let's just sit and wait this out. We're still going to purchase this boat," and both the buyer and seller are working together. Uh, I've seen others that uh, are new to it coming in and actually showing up to, to look at boats. Uh, and then I've seen others uh, overreact and drop out uh, and and literally uh, one person you know liquidated all their investments and take a huge hit uh, just because they were so scared of what's going on. So we're seeing reactions across the board. Um, we're still uh, attending surveys, uh, still attending uh, showings. Um, on a much more limited basis, but uh, and we're being very careful. So I had a survey yesterday, I guess it was, or two days ago, I'm losing track, uh, two days ago, where 
we had the surveyors, the seller, the buyers, and the two brokers, and we all kept our distance. And we were at a boat yard where I was amazed how much activity there was. Um, but everybody was very conscientious about staying away from each other and wiping down rails and door handles and things like that and giving everybody their space. And, we, you know, we certainly didn't shake hands or anything like that. Uh, all the typical precautions everybody's taking. Uh, and we're going to see some of that go through, but some marinas and boat yards are shutting down uh, or being shut down. And uh, I had one survey where it was scheduled to start at 9, and at 6.30 I was walking out the door, and the surveyor called and said his daughter was diagnosed with the virus and that he had to quarantine now. So we had to postpone the survey and get a new surveyor. Uh, so we're seeing it all. I mean, it's just across the board. Um, and all we're trying to do is work within the guidelines, uh, try to stay safe ourselves and keep everybody else safe, but still try to keep what transactions we can underway uh, for everybody. And we came up with a lot of other brokers have come up with the same thing, uh, virtual showings. Uh, so, you know, to, to help encourage people not to travel right now, we're going to boats with our cell phones and using Skype or FaceTime or WhatsApp and walking them through the boat. Uh, and there are other apps also, but walking them through just like they were there where they can ask questions and we can zoom in and, and describe things. Uh, so we're trying to get creative and do everything we can to keep everybody engaged as much as they can and still stay, uh, still st stay safe on it. Yes. And, you know, Boats are a relatively safe place to be, particularly if you're on the loop and, you know, you're by yourself or you're a couple. Um, it, until you get to a marina, you really are kind of self-isolating by being on that boat. So it's actually not a bad place to be. The challenges right now are more what marinas are open, where you can get services and things like that. So definitely a vol volatile time out there. Um, you started to talk about trying to do some of the boat buying steps more virtually than you usually would because of the travel restrictions. Um, so for somebody maybe who's new to the process, just at a high level, kind of what are the boat buying steps? Let's talk about what those usual steps would be. And then we can talk about how you would alter those in today's environment to make some of that more virtual. So in a normal quote unquote market, uh, we encourage uh, buyers to visit the boat They'll start out looking online and magazines at boat shows, uh, but really an individual showing where we as a buyer broker, and when I say we, I'm talking about buyer brokers in general, you know, it's not just us, uh, with them guiding them through the boat rather than them being on their own or with a listing broker who represents the seller, where we're pointing things out. Does this work for you? Notice this is a problem on this boat, or you describe this issue that you're facing in buying a boat. Here's how this affects that. So your, your buyer broker is there with you, guiding you through that process. Once you've gone through a few boats, usually, uh, sometimes it's one and, and you make your decision, uh, you then uh, create a, uh, an offer uh, we use Yacht Closer, which is an electronic signature system. Uh, a lot of brokers use that, so everything's electronic. And we submit an offer to the seller, and then the seller either accepts, rejects, or counters. And when we have a final meeting of the minds, 
then the buyer submits a 10% deposit into our escrow account. And then we schedule the survey and we can give surveyor names and contact information to buyers uh, and they can interview them. We don't recommend them. We just give them names and you know, help them with the interview process. And then they make the final decision as to who they hire. And then we coordinate all the details from the survey timing to the survey haul out to uh, everybody meeting at the right place at the right time get through the survey and then it's time to decide with the written survey report and conversations with the surveyors, uh, do you want to buy the boat, reject it, or submit a conditional uh, acceptance? The conditional acceptance is I accept the boat conditional upon the seller fixing something or giving me money off to fix it. If you come to a meeting of minds there in a final agreement, then it's time to hire a documentation firm and they handle the closing. They're the escrow agent for closing paperwork. And uh, that way, it's, it's important that the buyer does not give the seller money before the buyer has signed bills of sale or a title saying that they own the boat. And it's important for the seller not to give that paperwork to the buyer prior to receiving their funds. So uh, rather than the buyer's broker or the seller's broker being the go-between on paperwork, we encourage everybody to hire a documentation firm like a title company in real estate. And they handle all of that side. We handle all the financial side, the, the wires back and forth and making sure everybody gets paid and pays. So that's the normal process. Um, what we're doing today is obviously we're not having a lot of people uh, visiting boats, calling us saying, all right, I'm, I'm ready to fly down to Florida from New England and see this boat. Uh, so we're offering these virtual showings and some brokers are trying to set up, uh, not just brokers, some magazines, even Yachting Magazine is trying to do a virtual boat show. Everyone's trying to get creative where people can stay at home, be on their computer like you and I are right now, and we can look at boats as if we're right on on. Line. We have one person now that we're working with that's trying the virtual showing, felt very comfortable with it, knew exactly what they were looking for, and now we're proceeding with possibly a virtual survey where they will hire their surveyor, the surveyor will be on the boat by him or herself, and we will then film the surveyor pointing out what's right and wrong with the boat just as they would if the buyer were there on the boat. And this buyer, I believe, is comfortable enough and experienced enough to say, okay, I see all of this. I hear what's going on. So I'm willing to accept the boat or no, I'm going to reject it based on these findings, just as if they had attended the survey. The, and then, you know, the documentation process is all remote. So they proceed from there without having traveled to the boat. Uh, not everybody is going to want to go this route, but some people will feel comfortable with it. And others will want to do just the virtual showing and say, okay, when we're allowed to travel or feel comfortable to travel, we'll come and see the boat. Right. So, the, and, and the point here is that, you know, if you're in this process or you were ready to start this process just prior to um, COVID-19 becoming such an issue, it is still possible to continue down the path of, of finding and buying that Great Loop boat um, 100% virtually if you're comfortable that with that. Um, and, and Curtis, you mentioned, you know, this, even the, the survey process is a little bit fluid depending on who's available when. So um, certainly there are some challenges, but technology is really helping us to be able to continue this process. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, paying cash versus financing. 
with the economy where it is, are you seeing it becoming more challenging for buyers to secure financing? Somewhat. Not impossible, but somewhat. So every bank is different. Uh, they're reacting differently. I had an interesting conversation with Cindy Lewis at Sterling Associates the other day where she was explaining to me or reminding me that the uh, marine lenders don't base their rates on the Fed's rate. Uh, they are, their cost of funds are different. And so where they're getting a lot of inquiries that uh, marine late, uh, rates are going to drop drastically, like, you know, say mortgage rates, they're a different animal. And actually their cost of borrowing could increase slightly. And we might even see marine lending rates rise where others may not. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting you know, situation for boaters that are thinking about financing. You know, don't sit back and wait for marine rates to, to drop uh, drastically because apparently they're not going to. What we've experienced um, on the negative side, we've seen a couple of banks where they've reviewed the buyer's financials again and determined that they didn't feel comfortable with the current business environment lending money to that person and told them to hold off on buying the boat uh, until their financial situation changed. Uh, we have seen other banks just stick to it and say, everything looks good, go ahead, move forward. And we even have one bank now that's working with a client on an older 80s vintage trawler uh, where the buyer has agreed to do repairs after they buy the boat and the lender will lend based on that buyer agreeing to do those repairs. Um, that's pretty rare on that age boat and agreeing to, uh, you know, uh, work with them on survey issues. Um, so it's like everything else. We're seeing it across the board. It just depends. If you're turned down by one bank, don't stop. Keep trying. It's not just marine lenders that you can approach. You, if you have a great relationship with a savings loan or credit union, uh, USAA if you're qualified, uh, these are all options that you should consider. Uh, but I highly recommend you get with someone like a Cindy Lewis who can guide you through the process, just like a yacht broker or an insurance broker, uh, rather than trying to do it online. You know, Get their, their professional help where they have a broad market to approach. And, and kind of on that subject, Curtis, you know, a lot of the, the steps in buying a boat are, um, I'm going to say paperwork intensive for lack of a better word, but a lot of those steps are obviously electronic at this point. We are seeing lots of workers not able to go to work because of restrictions. Most of these tasks, though, the people who are, you know, the Cindy Lewis's of the world who are doing financing and the people who are on the other end of that um, approving the financing and title companies and all these things, are, are you seeing slowdowns because perhaps those people are not at work or is that industry just, you know, continuing on with people working from home without much of a hiccup? So most documentation agents, companies work remotely from home anyway. Some have offices, but those who have offices are working from home because I'm speaking to them all day long. Uh, I just got off the phone this morning with Connie Cruz at All Yachts Documentation. We do a huge amount of business with her, and uh, I know a lot of loopers know her because she handled their paperwork for them, and she's still going strong. Uh, she's always worked from home. Uh, everything she does is remote. She never meets the buyers, uh, literally never meets the brokers or anyone else, and so uh, 
maybe you can't sign a bill of sale electronically, but everything's done by FedEx, UPS, or uh, Postal Service, and overnight it back and forth. And we're making copies. We're even, in some cases, closing on copies of executed seller closing documents uh, where we see the shipping receipt from the seller that they're sending their doc their original documents back to Connie. Uh, but she was saying that abstracts of title, which have been an ongoing problem with the Coast Guard, these are lien searches at the Coast Guard, uh, have actually gotten a little bit better. They're out about 48 hours now. For a while there, they were getting out to a week or two. It was just really tough. Um, so far, the Coast Guard has not shut down. They're still doing their job. Um, it's getting a little bit slower because they can't have as many people in the documentation center. Uh, but they're also slowing down because the volume of sales are slowing down. So they'll probably start to catch up if they can keep their manpower going as it is. Um, some of the state registration offices are, most of them are closed. But like, for example, in Florida, there are a number of them that are have drop boxes and pickups outside the office. So Connie goes to her local registration office, the Department of Revenue, uh, you know, the Revenue Office, and drops off the paperwork. They come out and pick it up, and then they leave it for her later when she comes back to pick it up. Um, so there's still state registrations going on. Um, I dealt with Maryland the other day, and the Annapolis office didn't respond to anything that I emailed them, but the Centerville office did. So it's a hit and miss, and we're just working around all the roadblocks. But yes, it's all, it's all still happening. Well, and I, I do want to point out to our listeners that a lot of the services that Curtis mentioned are sponsors of AGLCA, and you can find all of our sponsors who provide help in these areas from financing to yacht brokerage to insurance to documentation services. They're all in the sponsor directory on the greatloop.org website, so please check those out and support our sponsors during this time uh, because all businesses are suffering to some degree from the current economic downturn. So please support those sponsors and, and they appreciate it and we appreciate it and they support loopers year in and year out. So this is a good time to kind of give back to them and, and use their services if you can. Uh, Curtis, since we've just kind of explained how it is still possible to do this process, um, Let's suppose somebody found the perfect looping boat right now, and, and you know maybe they were even planning to start to the loop right now from, uh, let's say, South Florida, where maybe they found a boat. Um, and that is one of the hardest hit areas from a boating restriction standpoint. So once they do complete the purchase, if their plans have changed because of the restrictions, what are your suggestions? You know, maybe they can't move the boat right at this time. Um, so perhaps they'll stay home wherever that may be and close on the boat but then let it stay is that a good option at this point or what are some of the other choices they may have for the boat sure it's i, I think it is a good option because what we're hearing are the marinas are not allowing some marinas are not allowing transient boaters to come in they don't want the turnover they don't want the 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 new people coming in so if you go through the you know showing process the survey process and the closing process and buy the boat they're not kicking you out of the marina. You know, you're, you may be the new owner, but the boat is still staying in the marina right where it's uh, been all this time. And you can actually access that boat in most marinas because you are the owner of that boat. So you don't, you know, you don't want to move if you don't have somewhere to go, but you could stay right there on that boat in that marina. Obviously, you want to check with marina management and make sure that their rules aren't changing or uh, something, you know, odd is happening in that marina. But 
there's from what I'm seeing so far, you know, we can do our transactions and new new owners can get on their boats and stay right where they are. Yeah, and I really do want to point out what Curtis just said about check with the marina management. This is changing so quickly um, because there is so much unknown and uncertainty. And we saw things, you know, this weekend the Keys closed to visitors and that created a lot of chaos for boaters. Um, Miami-Dade County has, I think, had four revisions now to their order that uh, for non-essential businesses to close, uh, four revisions specific to boating. Um, and, and that's just how uncertain it is right now. They initially closed all non-essential businesses, then they uh, adapted that to say that marinas were, in fact, essential businesses and could stay open. And then this past weekend, they saw a flurry of people violating um, the social distancing rules by taking 20 people out or 10 people out on their 20-foot center console to go party at a sandbar. So they immediately went back to all marinas are closed, all boat ramps are closed, etc. And uh, some boaters were instrumental in getting yet another change early this week that recognized certain types of vessels for which marinas are essential services and were able to change it yet again so that marinas that serve certain vessels could remain open. And some of those vessel classifications include liveaboards and include vessels returning from international voyages. And those were both important because, of course, somebody who is aboard their boat, um, having perhaps having to leave a, another marina or perhaps just needing to continue their travel towards home, um, essentially they're aboard their home. You know, they're trying to shelter in place, but that just happens to be something that moves. So having services available for liveaboards is key. So, um, that's just an example of how volatile this is and to just make sure you check before you leave a safe harbor so you know if the next place you're going has the services available that you need. And Kim, one question that yeah. I anticipate is, okay, I've bought the boat, but I can't get there or I don't want to go to the boat and travel. So what do I do? I don't want the boat sitting there without somebody keeping an eye on it. And uh, what I would say is that either your broker or the dock master are reachable and can arrange for a management company or a local captain, uh, local maintain maintenance company to visit the boat. The marinas are allowing essential uh, businesses and workers in. And to me, you know, someone keeping your boat from sinking or catching on fire by checking on it uh, is an essential business. Um, and I can't imagine that someone's going to keep them out. Uh, so, you know, there are options there, too, for someone to maintain the boat or another boater in the marina uh, that you might know. There are, there are options there, and that's what we're all here to do is to help new boaters get through this process, especially with today's environment. Right. And for new new boaters, uh, new boat owners who perhaps are members of AGLCA, you know, check who else is around at a marina that perhaps you're thinking about leaving the boat at. Look for harbor hosts. These are people who are also willing to check on your boat for you. Uh, members are really good to each other, especially in times like this. I think this is a good place to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I want to touch just kind of briefly on the selling side of the yacht market right now. Um and then also talk a little bit about, you know, what might be next. Um, and then also just give a little bit of detail on a webinar series that AGLCA is about to launch. So we'll be back in a moment. AGLCA Admiral-sponsored Dog River Marina is located at the mouth of the Tentom Waterway in Mobile, Alabama, only 22 miles from the Gulf of Mexico. The marina encompasses 95 slips, 80 of which are sheltered. 
They offer a ship store, courtesy car, rental cars, 24-hour guard service, and shore power. The complex's full-service repair facility is staffed with highly trained personnel to handle everything from simple repairs to complex overhauls. For more information, visit www.dogriver.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Curtis Stokes of Curtis Stokes & Associates. We are talking about how to continue with a uh, boat purchase in the uh, current environment of COVID-19. Uh, Curtis, let's shift a little bit to the selling side of things. You know, perhaps somebody has been considering listing a boat. Maybe they're thinking now that the price will have dropped based on the economy. Is this a good time to list a boat? It actually is. And I can hear somebody laughing right now going, yeah, sure, right. But it really is because um, most people, a ton of people are online surfing, bored out of their minds, wishing they could buy a boat. And they're you know, on our website and in Yacht World and all these other sites. Uh, they're, they're going to our YouTube channel traffic has skyrocketed. And so has our website. And it's people sitting at home looking at boats, you know, looking at boat porn, as we all call it, uh, jokingly. And so if your boat is not on the market, if it's not in these systems, on these websites, you're not going to get any potential buyers down the road uh, until you put it on the market. And so, like I said, we have a few people. We had three showings yesterday in different areas that I'm aware of amongst our brokers. And uh, one is thinking about making an offer. Uh, we have people inquiring by email and by phone, and we're taking their contact information. And our conversation is going, well, I don't want to travel now, but I just want to ask questions about this boat. And I don't want you to go there and do, you know, a virtual showing, but just keep me in mind. And when we can travel, I'd like to come and see the boat. And so we're keeping in touch with these prospective buyers for our sellers. And we're going to put this stuff together when we're allowed to and when it's safe to. Uh, so now is the time to actually have your boat on the market. It's kind of backwards thinking for a lot of sellers. I've had uh, several who said, I'm just going to hold off or I'm going to take my boat off the market. That's the worst thing you can do because internet traffic is just skyrocketing right now. This is your time for exposure to uh, your boat. And the more detail that you can have in that presentation, the better. Because with someone not being able to travel or not willing to travel, the more they can learn about your boat through a lot of photographs and video and detailed specs, they're going to feel more comfortable in continuing to keep it in mind when they're ready to come and visit. Mm -hmm. And and in following through with that, the, the, the pictures, the video, the detailed listing, that's not something that the boat owner has to worry about. So if they can't travel to the boat, um, brokers are still doing that, correct, Curtis? For you know, As long as they're not restricted for traveling to a certain area, are, are most brokers still going out and preparing those listings and taking those photos and those videos? Yes, especially if we're able to go on our own without anybody else there, it's definitely better. Um, you know, if someone's a pack rat like me, it becomes a little more effort for the broker where we have to remove things or put them in uh, closets, you know, lockers and, and cabinets and, and put them out on the dock to get videos. Uh, but a good broker is willing to do that. I mean, especially in these times, uh, the ones who are stepping up and doing the extra work are the survivors and uh, they're getting the job done. So uh, absolutely, you know, as long as the marina will let us in to list the boat, uh, or it's behind your home and we can access it, 
then fine. I mean, I have one right now where the owner went and uh, unlocked their gate, and uh, I then came through the gate and wiped it down with an antiseptic cloth and went out to the boat, did everything I needed to do, and wiped it down, and then left and closed the gate behind me, wiping it. It just common sense, you know, uh, respect for uh, what other people might be touching. Uh, we can keep doing the job that we need to do. And this is kind of crystal ball time, Curtis, but from past experience, other times of market uncertainty, how long did it take in the past for things to settle down in situations where the, the market was this volatile? Well, this is unprecedented. I mean, we've never had anything quite like this. We've had, you know, the major recession we went through, and that was sheerly economic, um, and we're going to have economic effects from this. Uh, but people who went through the uh, through the last recession, it's pretty fresh in their minds from my dealings with people. You know, most people don't want to get caught short like they did during the recession, uh, or at least the older people who went through it and saw, you know, that if they held on to their investments and didn't liquidate them, they came back eventually. Um, and if they, you know, stayed reasonable with their expenses, they weathered the storm and then they were able to move forward with what they wanted to purchase. Um, this, you know, is psychological. Uh, I, that's the wild card in it. When is everyone going to settle down? When is everyone going to feel comfortable? Uh, certainly from direction from the experts saying, okay, it's safe to travel or you can start doing limited travel, things like that. So no one can tell you for sure just how long this is going to take. I sense a lot of pent-up demand. Um, I sense a lot of people that are anxious to, to get on with their lives. I mean, frankly, we're all getting older, and unfortunately, I'm dealing with people that are suddenly facing health issues or relatives or friends with health issues, uh, and they're saying, you know, life's short. I've got to I've got to get this done and go boating while I still can physically, uh, and so they're anxious. Uh, so there are buyers out there, and there will be buyers fairly quickly after this all settles down. My big concern is the employees of companies that are on salaries and don't have a cushion who are now uh, unemployed. And in our industry, it's a really serious problem for marinas and boat yards um, where this talent pool is going to have to find employment somewhere temporarily or unfortunately permanently in a different industry and getting them to come back after they've been you know uh, hurt economically by this downturn it's it's going to there's going to be a talent drain and it's going to really um, these these marine industries are going to really suffer for a while in trying to ramp up and provide the services that everybody's used to. So I can tell everybody this, you're going to have to be patient with a lot of companies who are really going from 60 to zero and then back to 60. It, it, they're going to have whiplash, you know, with this with this whole economic um, uh, effect of this. Um, so, you know, it, it there are buyers out there. Um, and they'll be anxious and everybody hopefully will, you know, get out and support uh, the small businesses and all. But we're all going to have to be pretty patient, too. Yeah. And along that line, Curtis, any other suggestions for when things do start to get moving again that boaters might want to do to help speed that along? Yeah. But and, and also back to your question about, you know, what they can be doing now. This is a perfect time for training. 
for online training. And I talked to Chris Caldwell the other day, and he's offering, I don't know, what was it, 15-minute phone calls about questions. He's answering people's questions. I think everybody ought to call Chris and overload his phone line <laughs> and keep him busy and out of uh, Elise's hair. But no, seriously, you know, there, there are others that are doing training online. You can do the Coast Guard Auxiliary and, and Power Squadron, uh, Boat US uh, online, uh, free uh, safe boating courses, uh, things like that. You can get pre-approved for insurance. You know, contact the insurance uh, brokers uh, that are sponsors and get applications in and use a sample boat uh, to get your application preliminary approved so that you know what type of boat to look for. Contact you know lenders like Cindy Lewis and, and get pre-approved for financing. All of this type of thing can be done ahead of time so that when we are you know, clear to travel and it's safe, then you're ready to go and you've got all that behind you. But when we are ready to travel and it's safe to travel, I just, I, you know, like I said, I beg everybody to support marine industries, especially the small ones. You know, Safe Harbors and Suntex are huge companies, well capitalized, they'll survive. Their employees are going to be hurt, but those companies will survive. It's the mom and pop um, small marinas, uh, contractors, the mechanics, the carpenters, uh, the talented people that you know, may not be able to weather this storm. And so they're going to need everybody's help. Um, and like magazines, magazines are shutting down, not necessarily financially, but because of the distribution issues. So like Salty Dog Magazine up in the Chesapeake, they've just shut down indefinitely. They're out of business. They're gone. Uh, Prop Talks, Thin Sheet, have, you know, we we're talking with them. They're going to produce their next magazine, but they're struggling to get drivers to go out because the drivers don't feel comfortable leaving their homes and they, uh, the mag or the restaurants and the Marine stores and others are closed. These are free magazines where people pick them up on racks and they're not subscription. So if you have a favorite magazine, what I recommend is that you renew your subscription or become a new subscriber and if their numbers stay up, they can get us advertisers to see that and continue our ads. Um, if you know, if we're seeing magazines going out of business, I'm, I'm doing it myself. I'm shifting my budget to the internet uh, because that's where everybody is. But if a magazine has an internet uh, uh, version, then you know they can stay in business, and I can keep advertising. And if you contact a contractor, whether it's a broker, marina, or whoever, let them know that you saw it in a magazine. Because if we know that you know Yachting Magazine is producing inquiries, then we're going to continue to advertise in it, and that's going to keep the magazine alive. Uh, so uh, the other thing is, you know, it, we can't do the loop with the border shut down. So when we can cruise safely and reasonably, cruise regionally. You know, if you can get to the Chesapeake this summer, assuming that everything, you know, clears up in time, go cruise the Chesapeake portion of the Great Loop or the Albemarle Loop. Uh, or, you know, wherever your boat is and where you can cruise safely, go do it and enjoy it. Uh, and then you can always backtrack. I mean, if you're at the Chesapeake and you don't want to go north, well, then come back south in the fall and then go back up again. It's it's you don't have to do the loop all in one direction and um, and all at one time, as we well know. So everybody's going to have to be a little flexible and a little creative and, 
you know, just uh, uh, support uh, the businesses when they feel uh, comfortable. I'm not saying to overspend or live beyond your means, but you know, if if we want the economy to come back, the only way we're going to do it is spend money that we reasonably can spend to get businesses back up online. If we hunker down and don't spend anything, we're just going to prolong the economic downturn. Those are great points, Curtis. And um, also along the lines of uh, getting some additional training or education, uh, as most people know, AGLCA did have to cancel our spring rendezvous for the first time in our 20-year history uh, to cancel a rendezvous. Uh, we did get a lot of requests to try and do some of that content virtually. So we are launching a webinar series on Tuesday. And for uh, the foreseeable future, as long as we can have speakers and schedule them, we'll be doing Tuesday and Thursday evening webinars. Uh, currently, they're for AGLCA members only. We're really trying to replicate what we would have been doing at the Spring Rendezvous, which is for members only. Um, but we are launching starting on Tuesday the 31st, and our second speaker up on Thursday, April 2nd is Curtis Stokes. So today we barely scratched the surface of the boat buying process, but Curtis on Thursday will be giving kind of an in-depth look at how to find and purchase your ideal Great Loop boat. So hoping many of you will join us for that. To uh, find out more about that or to register for Curtis's webinar, or to look at the entire series, uh, you can go to greatloop.org slash webinars, and you'll find those that are scheduled, and there will be more to come soon. So we hope to see many of you there. Uh, Curtis, any final thoughts on the topic before we wrap up for today? Uh, really, you know, I've, I've said what uh, I can think of at this point, but like I said, give me 15 minutes and I'll probably have a change for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, just, again, please support the marine businesses and especially the AGLCA sponsors you can find on our website. Curtis, thanks for joining us today. We'll look forward to hearing a lot more from you on Thursday during your webinar. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And thanks to our listeners for joining us once again. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising.